I'm Joe Loza, and you're listening to MM Maniacs Podcast. Go! You're listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties, not antelopes this week. Animals of all varieties. This is the MM Maniacs podcast with Nick David. And freshly rejuvenated Nick David and the somewhat rejuvenated me, Matt Kona. Hey, hello. I am just getting over my little bout of pneumonia, which has, uh, whoa, seriously... Seriously kicked my butt. I was uh I was in bed for four days completely, uh, where I just didn't get up. And uh, two of those four days, I couldn't even, maybe even three of them, I didn't even have the energy to lift my head to watch like a, a fight or a television program or anything. I just was so. It really kicked my ass. I think as you get older, these things tend to be a little more, take a little more out of you. So. So I'm glad to be mostly back. I'm still, uh, I'm still, you know, getting the, I have the remnants of it, just the bare end of it, but it's mostly gone. I went to jujitsu today for the first time in almost two weeks. So that was good. It felt good to get back on the mats and, and, uh, and train a little bit and, and choke some people out. That's nice to be able to do so you don't do it in real life. That's one of the benefits of jujitsu is you get to choke people uh, on the mats so you don't do it in real life and then go to jail, unfortunately. So Yes, well, good. Well, I, it's much harder to podcast with you from jail. Yeah, um, it would be difficult. If that were the case. Hello, you're receiving a call from Valley Street Correctional Facility. Will you accept? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Good, good call. Although I and bet also, people would people would tune into that. That'd be interesting. I'd have to talk about fights. I had no idea what was going on because I wouldn't. I'm sure you can't watch fights in jail. I'm sure. I'm sure there's <laughs> well, probably. Yeah. I, I doubt they would let you would watch. They would. They would let you watch fights. Yeah, maybe some jails you could watch it in, but I bet most jails you probably yeah. couldn't watch fights in. That's probably a, a pretty good bet. Um, although you could you could break down all the fights that you see in jail and tell them to me. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> uh, you should have seen it. It was uh, it was Johnson Johnson versus Smith. It was it was unbelievable. They were fighting over the the Jello over championship. Yeah, they were fighting over Jello. <laughs> That's right. Jello. Oh, which uh, not to start things off in, in, on a, a weird note, but um, I, I learned that uh, Utah is the number one consumer of Jello in, if not the country, the world. They love Jello there, huh. and, and they love Jello and multiple wives. <laughs> yeah, but the UFC has finally announced um, their return. Not really a return, but it's their second attempt at doing a uh, fight card in Utah and it they've only announced one fight so far uh, it's a little it's for the main events and it's um, Bruce Leroy versus oh, yeah. Ye- Yeah Rodriguez which oh, okay. um, 
Luke Thomas pointed out on his show. It's a good main event of, of two featherweights. It's a little strange to have in Utah since um, there are it's pretty white there, and those are two guys who can speak English and Spanish. So you would think that they could do media. <laughs> they could do media in two different languages, but it's really they only have to do it in their second language. I didn't realize Bruce Lee spoke Spanish. Yep. Hmm. Yep. So he's not a native Spanish speaker. They're both living and training in the U.S., of course, but uh, of Spanish descent. Uh, Bruce Leroy, of course, is not his main. It's not his real name. It's uh, is it? God, now I'm going to fuck it up. But it's, it's easier Al- to Alex, say Alex Caceres. Caceres. Alex, it's easier to Alex pronounce. Alex Caceres. Yeah. Easier to pronounce and more fun to say. Bruce right. Leroy. <laughs> but he had. I, I know you didn't see it. I think it was on the the prelim uh, of a recent fight card. Uh, he had a very impressive late notice performance in what was originally at UFC 199, which was originally supposed to be BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver. Both of those fighters were replaced by Cole Mir- Miller and Alex Caceres. Uh, Caceres came in on later notice and I saw uh, that fight. fought very impressively. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, I did see that cool. fight. That was a great fight. Yep. Yeah. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, Rodriguez, of course had an incredible jumping knee knockout of uh, the uh, alpha, alpha male guy with the, the weird neck tattoo. Not the alpha male guy with the weird neck tattoo you're thinking of. <laughs> not, 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 not Cody, but um, all right, great. I started off right on the forgetting two <laughs> names of uh, uh, Andre Touchy-Feely. Oh, Andre yes. Touchy-Feely. And uh, also, great fight. So I'm excited. I'm not excited maybe enough to travel to Utah, but... Um, but so we are UFC. excited enough to travel to... Cleveland Rocks, yes. baby! All right. Home I... of the NBA champion, Cleveland Cavaliers, who just completed uh, an epic Game 7 comeback this past Sunday night over the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. So they, they mirrored Stipe Miocic... Yes. Stipe's, Stipe's opened the floodgates for uh, for championships in Cleveland. So yeah, and Stipe is going to be part of the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers parade too, which oh, is pretty nice. sweet. So that's going to be really fun. We just bought our uh, tickets today. So that's so our we'll announcement. That. The uh, the MMAniacs will be covering <laughs> uh, the Cleveland event live. Um, and I know some be of our September tenth. We're going to have some of our friends from uh, from LCCT. Schomburg will be there uh, because Ben Rothwell is on that card as well. So we'll uh, we'll get a chance to to uh, to say hi to those folks and maybe get a couple of quick interviews while we're there. Um, Definitely, we'll record some podcasts. Hopefully, uh, check out the Cleveland comedy scene and uh, maybe some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame field trip, perhaps. Yeah, I think you know what I think we should go a couple of days early. And then get all the, those yayas out, and then we can do some, you know, we can do some uh, some uh, uh, kamikaze ambush uh, podcasting mm. on people at, w- once we find out where everybody's at. <laughs> yeah, can, uh, it's gonna be good. This is the UFC's first uh, first appearance in Cleveland, so uh, there's a lot to be excited about. UFC 203, September 10th. Stipe Miocic versus Alistair Overeem. Co-main event: Ben Rothwell versus uh, the me, the man who took who uh, lost his title to Stipe, Fabricio Verdun. Those are so. both both crazy good fights. So I'm excited about both those fights. 
speaking of, of, of not to not to jump around, but I, oh, I, no. I just I just wanted jump to jump up, I, jump up, get down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will, I will. I never ate a pig as big as a cop, but he had a Terminator like Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. uh, <laughs> s- um, so I was I, I was listening to uh, I was listening to the new unfiltered UFC unfiltered. Did you catch that uh, that yet? I did. Uh, right, it's a new podcast that it's hosted by um, Matt Sarah and, uh, and Jim Norton, uh, com- comedian Jim Norton. Um, first, Which is a perfect fit. Ever, it's, a, it's a really it's good sponsored. fit because <laughs> they both look alike and have similar uh, New York accents. Nah, just like a, just like a really, know. you know, uh, 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 Jim Norton is on the more knowledgeable side of comedians, uh, as far as, uh, mixed martial arts go, and Matt Sarah is on the funnier side of mixed martial artists. <laughs> so it's a good, True. I think it's a good fit, you know? Uh, mm. obviously Matt isn't as funny as Jim, and Jim doesn't know as much as Matt as far as MMA does, goes, but I think that they're, I think that the I'll be interested to hear how their chemistry evolves over the course of this thing, and I'm excited to have another uh, another podcast, especially one that's going to have so much inside because st- it's put out by the UFC. They're going to make sure that they have all the most current information all the time. Um, Although I feel like Jim Jim asked a couple of dumb questions that they could have found out, like. When is this fight or something? But anyway, I enjoyed it. I thought they had good chemistry. It was a fun listen. But go on. Get- uh, the point, the the whole point I, w- I wanted to make was that uh, the the most exciting, one of the most exciting fights to me on UFC 200 isn't even being announced in the in, in any of the fights, and and, and that's uh, and that's Travis Brown versus Cain Velasquez. That's like that's that could be a headliner fight on any. That could be a oh, pay-per-view. Yeah. That could be a pay-per-view headline fight. That's just it's buried down in this, down in this, uh, in this card. So uh, I'm just I'm really excited for that fight. Uh, I'm excited to see Kane for get sure. back in there and second fight. I think. Yeah, I'm excited to see him get back in there, and I, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big Kane fan, and I I think that he's going to get to the top of the heap again, and I think he'll grab that strap and. And hang on to it for a little while. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be the guy to break that that two, two fight win streak for UFC heavyweight champions. Uh, I think he'll be the dude that uh, well, that's able to hang on to it for a little bit longer um, when he gets it this time. Okay, you you know that Travis Brown versus Cain Velasquez is not a heavyweight championship fight. He needs right, to I, do. I, there needs to be a lot of things that happen to get to that point. Yeah, it's not far. It's not far. Cain Velasquez is at the top of the heap. He's only going to have maybe one other fight before he gets to a, 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 a championship fight. It might be this one. If it's a if it's a decisive enough victory, if he if he trounces Travis Brown, uh, you know, just totally puts a beat down on him. He could step right up to the front of the line if he puts on a really good performance. And let's say, uh, you know, let's say at two o three that um, that you'd think Fabricio Verdum versus uh, versus um, uh, Ben Rothwell would be kind of a title eliminator. One of those guys would be get the next fight if that's a stinker of a fight. And then the Velasquez fight is a total badass fight. I could see him stepping over. Uh, them and getting the next title shot, but at, at the very least, he's only one more fight away from getting back in the title shot. I mean, he's 
I, I think, I think regardless of, uh, his last performance uh, against Verdum, he's still pretty highly touted as the top heavyweight happening. Well, the thing, here's, here's my thoughts on that. His performance against Verdum was when he lost the title in the unification bout in Mexico City. Right. And uh, he did not look good. It could, you could, said it, could have said it was the altitude or not training in, at altitude, but it, it could also be the fact that he just hadn't fought in so long combined with that. They were supposed to rematch. It didn't happen. He had another injury. I feel like the UFC needs to have Kane demonstrate that he could get through a couple of training camps healthy. That's why I think that he has to fight one more fight if he defeats Travis Brown in order to get the heavyweight championship. And I think one other thing that is in his way uh, is the possibility of the other big heavyweight fight on the card. I know it's an unranked fighter against a, a fighter who's lower ranked than Kane, but Mark Hunt versus Brock Lesnar, that could cause some big waves in, in, in either way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, Lesnar got his shot at the title, his second fight in the UFC, just based on his name alone, and based on the fact that people are gonna are gonna buy pay per views to watch him. So that's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's very true. He could, uh, if Lesnar makes short work of Mark Hunt, uh, or just beats him. Period. Uh, I think, I think regardless of how well he does it, if he beats him, I, you, you're right. He could, he could step over everybody and get the next shot just because of who he is and his name. Uh, so, so you're right. I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the, he's one of the top, you know, three biggest draws, if not the biggest draw the UFC has ever seen. So, uh, and they're definitely in the game of making money. Um, We've seen that yeah. many times before where they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're trying to not necessarily put together the best fight possible, but the, the fight that will garner the most income. So, which yeah. is that, that's their prerogative. Well, that's their prerogative. They have, you know, they have pretty much have the market cornered as far as the fight game goes. There's not, Nobody can really compete with them. They don't have the depth or the breadth of fighters, and they don't. N nobody has the. Uh, nobody has the ability to compete with them, really. So, uh, so they can do whatever they want to do. The UFC can do how, however they want to do it, and uh, if that if that means Brock Lesnar stepping over people so they can make money, that doesn't it won't surprise me at all. Yeah, and I think that it's it's. I mean, you you, you make a good point. The 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 money, uh, the numbers that matter are the ones next to the dollar symbol and not next to the column that says rankings. Right. But I think exactly. I think that's. But I think that sometimes. Uh, I, I don't mean to to nitpick on, on the wording that it's sometimes the the rankings are a flawed system. They're all based on. Ironically, they're based on media, and there's a list of the media that uh, submits to them, and it's weird. It's kind of a weird listing of media. It's it's not the main. It's not Sure Dog. It's not MMA Fighting. It's not Bloody Elbow. It's not a lot of the sources that I read and and get accurate reporting from. It's You're talking about the UFC rankings. 
Correct. Okay. Correct. And so that's what – because the UFC is using their own rankings next to their fighters. I know that ESPN has their own separate ranking right. system, SureDog. I like to follow SureDog ones because, because SureDog incorporates all fighters from all different uh, – all of the True. different uh, uh, organizations while it's mostly dominated by UFC fighters. You're going to – in all of the rankings, you're going to find 90 – 90 to 95 percent ufc fighters and five to ten percent right. fighters from other organizations but it's nice to see somebody that's taking this uh, these other fighters into consideration and it's they don't have a dog in the fight that's the thing with the uh, that i feel with the ufc rankings is that they have a dog in the fight and how they rank people and it it, it, it has their revenue depends on it you know, their revenue can be affected by how people are ranked and how the appearance of things. So that's the thing I like about SureDog. They don't have a dog in the fight. They're not trying to promote one person over another person. They're just trying to find the best. You know, they're just doing it by whatever their process is. I don't know what their process is. Uh, I don't know how they determine okay. stuff. But, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, the rankings are by... The media that, and not the UFC, but they're the ones that are used by the UFC. And so it makes sense that they, it's, it's weird to even have them when they're not paying attention to the rankings when it comes to making the fights. So, but I think that they can still make good fights when it's a lower ranked guy. I mean, for instance. So wait a second. Hang on. Let me, let me stop you for a second. The UFC doesn't do their own rankings. No, they don't. Huh. Right. They, they, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I had no idea that. That's news to me. It's really bizarre the the list of uh, people that they use. There are radio stations, Yahoo news sites, um, all all these things, and they're cumulative, uh, cumulatively used and and ranked in order and used by the UFC. But it's not executives from the UFC choosing who is ranked where it's basically right, so, just but the but the ufc curates all this information from all these other sites and 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 media outlets and then they use that inf- and then the ufc uses that information to to create the uh, rankings yeah they take uh what, what all the, the the votes are and they post them on the site so it's a very okay. confusing thing and uh bizarre in many ways um but you, Luke Thomas um, from the Monday Morning Analyst, MMA Fighting, uh, did a show um, where he read the list. And it was staggering just because I feel like these are not the sources that people are aware are covering MMA in uh, various ways. Yet they're the ones that ended up uh, affecting, largely affecting fighter pay. That's where a lot of media... Who have been asked to assign rankings, most notably John Pollock, a Canadian reporter from the MMA Report, a great podcast, uh, refuses to participate in it because his opinion on where fighter starts and stands in the rankings is affecting their pay and their livelihood, and he doesn't think that it's uh, it's fair. Hmm. So that, the, that, that's why it's weird to even have rankings if you're not going to use them or if you're not going to adhere to them if it's not always going to be number one against number two 
I mean, Kane has the number one. I mean, there are guys. Tim Kennedy is still on the top ten um, in in his middleweight division, but he hasn't fought in close to ten years. Khabib Nurmagomedov Nur- Nur- was in the top five. You said uh, 10 years. Tim Kennedy has it ten years? No, sorry, I meant two years. Yeah, okay, um, two years. <laughs> Not ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, two years. But okay. in terms of, it might as well be ten years. I mean, the, it's so much has changed in mixed martial arts. There, I didn't realize no it had more. been that long since Kennedy fought. The last fight that I remember uh, was the fight against um, against. Um, uh, was it uh, was it the recently suspended? Um, Yoel Romero. Yeah, was yeah. That his so, last yeah, fight? yeah. That was the last fight that I remember. That was the one where. Uh, Yo Romero wouldn't refuse to get off his stool, and he sat for another minute yeah. in between rounds, which he should have fucking been disqualified. That that really bothers me. It still bothers me now. Uh, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that the ref doesn't want to have to, uh, uh, you know, give the fight over for something as stupid as sitting on the bench. But if you can't get up, if you refuse to get up, that's the end of the fight. You don't get to sit there for another minute and rest. And then he came out and knocked Kennedy out. Uh, you know, yeah. He, yeah, his last fight was September. Yeah. But was that, was that his last fight? 2014. Was that his last fight against Yo Romero? Okay. Yep, it was at UFC 178. So, um, crazy. Crazy that, that it's been that long. And. And he's I mean, been healthy. He wants to fight. You yeah. can't always you can't always adhere to the rankings, uh, regardless, because a lot of times people are people have just fought, people are injured, uh, people are suspended, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, point in case in point, um, you know, who's going to fight Bisbing? Uh, right, and that's that's one that I, that I, that I was leading up to in terms of. The best fight versus the next ranked fight. I mean, right. honestly, he he showed up on short notice. That's a division that has problems that that that, that he was filling a gap on because Real Romero couldn't have stepped in. He's on suspension. Jacare couldn't have stepped in because he said he was injured. And that you could nitpick about that. About same as the Jose Aldo didn't step in. Um, he could st- so, he couldn't step in because he's injured. Weidman supposedly injured. Rockhold just lost, so right. uh, you know that's the the argument. Well, I was well, thinking the, about stepping in for Weidman. Obviously, oh, right. uh, Rockhold is fighting in that. Right, but, right. Uh, Weidman I'm, I'm talking. About, I was talking about now, like who who the next potential guy would be. Grand, yes, and and that and that's what that's what makes it so wild because. The next guy could be the thirteenth ranked guy, Dan Henderson, right. <laughs> because that's a that's a fight that would sell. That's a fight that's interesting to fans because they fought at UFC 100. Everyone still has the image in their mind of Bisping knocked out stiff, and then Henderson just landing on him with that giant coffin nail of a hammer fist. Yeah. So I mean, it makes no sense in the rankings for that to happen, but more people will put their money down on that than they would. For a Jacare Souza Michael Bisping right. fight, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's a so that, that goes back to that same thing. It's a it's a it's a it's a money thing, and and it's also it's a make sense thing. If all of these other guys can't fight or won't fight, uh, 
then it makes sense, you know, if they want to get Bisming back in there to defend the title sooner than later. And it was uh, one of the things I thought was strange was uh, immediately afterwards, within the couple days after uh, uh, Bisbing d- uh, getting the title, was he called out. It might have been the same night. He called out Henderson and said he'd like to get that fight. It's like uh, it's such a weird. That's such a weird thing to me. First of all, as the champion, well, you I don't you don't call people out. Weird be- you don't call people out if mm-hmm. you're the champion. If you are the champion, you should call out the first or second, not the thirteenth ranked guy, who's in his no, late forties. It wasn't who's in his late forties. Yeah, who is on his way out the door. But having said all that, having said all that, I would love to see it. If for no other reason, I would love to see Henderson get one more crack at the title, um, and uh, uh, crack at a title. Uh, because I think he's done so much for this sport. I think he's done so much for this sport, and I've been watching that guy fight for pretty much 20 years now. And so I would love to see him get that opportunity. I, I don't think he's such a he's such a hot and cold guy. It's whoever shows up. So he could, if he loses one more fight, then he's got to, you know, he's got to, fight five more six more fights before he would get that title shot again so i think now it would be a good time i think that all the stars might be aligning for that fight to happen it was a fight that makes sense right now yeah it might not make sense Absolutely. in six months <laughs> no and and just to to put a pin or to put a pin on that that uh he didn't call him out that night it was just brought up when when asked about that he he's he's been on record saying he's never he'll fight whoever they put in front of him but there people right, start asking him about intriguing matchups and he basically just dismissed uh Weidman and Rockhold saying look they're supposed to fight they can fight each other I'm going to be here with the belt. I'll fight Jacare. I'll fight Henderson. It's more interesting for him to fight Henderson. And I think he, he was critical about Jacare for not taking the fight. I mean, the reason that he had the opportunity to even win that title is because Jacare, who seems largely uninjured in his absolute demolition of Vitor Belfort, wouldn't take the fight on short notice. Right. So like, that's one of those things. And and Dana White said it on his episode. He was the first guest of the Matt Sarah, uh, Jim Norton unfiltered podcast. He said, you have to take those opportunities. Jose Aldo didn't take the opportunity to step in for Rafael Dos Anjos, even after going out of his way to be on the record that he would fight McGregor anytime, anywhere, under any circumstances. Right. So it's, it's like you have to be ready to, to to fight if you're a fighter and you want the big money fights because otherwise people are going to pass you by even if you have that ranking. And even though Jacare is technically coming off of a loss against Yoel Romero, the, the, the thinness at the top of that division is the reason that Michael Bisping got the opportunity. And now for him to defend it, the only – interesting matchups are people that don't make sense because the the thinness of that division. And now the, the the big bombshell and what we could conceivably see. And this brings me into uh, a newer point that I wanted to get your opinion on is finally after such a long layoff, it was announced this Monday on the MMA hour. Nothing has been set in stone in terms of a date, 
But George St. Pierre has finally come out and explicitly said, I am ready to return to fighting. I'm ready to return to the UFC. And he said that even though it, it had basically been brought up in a largely fanboy type of way, fantasy booking, Michael Bisping versus George St. Pierre could be Bisping's first title defense. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty insane. That's a pretty so, that's a pretty nutty one right there. But but so if you were given the opportunity to see Jacare, who is higher ranked, or even Yoel Romero, who will be back from suspension by the time Bisping is ready to defend it, of course you would if you pulled a thousand UFC fans, if you pulled a thousand casual fans, really, how many would have would choose Jacare over George St. Pierre, even though he's It'd fighting a middleweight thin. and not at welterweight. Yeah. It'd be pretty thin. Uh, I mean, I can't even, uh, and I'm a, I'm a huge Jacare fan, but just the, uh, the advent of getting GSP back in the octagon is enough for me, for me. I don't, this, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost irrespective of who he fights. Just to see him get back in the ring, but that's a really intriguing fight. You know, stepping up to stepping fight. up to middleweight. Uh, I, I don't know how it's a uh, it's I don't know how he would do uh, against other, you know, the top the cream of the crop in the uh, middleweight division. Um, but is Bisping the cream? Of, I know he's the top, but it's well, it's no, he, no, he's. That's what I'm that's saying. It. That's what I'm saying. If he if he beats Bisping, which I would, I think he would do. Uh, how would he do against Jacare, Yo Romero, uh, Weidman, Rockhold? <laughs> that's that's. Well, here's what I think. He, I think that he wouldn't fight them right away. I think that he would try because. Even though in the days before he announced his intentions, he said that he would come back for super fights. This is a super fight. I mean, he yeah. left the welterweight champion, and he would be coming back trying to claim the middleweight champion, which would be very claimable against Michael Bisping, even after all that time off, in my view. And also, it would be tremendously huge. This would be a fight that they would almost have to put at Wembley Stadium. Bisping wants to defend it in... In the UK, this George St. Pierre, it's not going to fit at the O2 Arena. You're going to have to go to a stadium for this. And so I think if he were to claim that title, then he would want to get the title that he never lost, even though many people could say against Hendricks he didn't win that fight. But I think that he would try to unify or, or to get, not unify, but to hold two titles at once hmm. instead of defending the welterweight title. That's what well, I expect uh, to happen. Well, here's another consideration. Uh, it could be a non-title fight. It could be. Well, it he could said, be, it he could said be, that he, w he would want it to fight for the title. I mean, but it seems, uh, I don't know why they would do that. I, I feel like if you have an opportunity well, to the make the same reason that they would do eight. Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. It's a giant selling fight. It's a non-title giant selling fight. So, yeah, but you couldn't have done Diaz versus McGregor for the featherweight title, where, whereas you could do uh, George St. Pierre against because you could gain weight easier than you can lose weight. Mm. Uh, so that's the only little differentiation in, in my view on, on that. I think that they would 
even though titles essentially are a fairy tale, as Nate Diaz yeah, says. Yeah, I don't buy. I don't. I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that at all. I don't. I, I know I, that you I, don't, I, I, and I know, I know the know, common I, fans don't. But, I know. But, I, it's a it's a life changing thing. When you get that strap, it changes your whole life. It changes everything exactly. about and your you life. Leave a champion. So it's not so it's not a fantasy return. thing. It's it means something. You're the guy that's at the top of the heap. You're getting the bigger paychecks. You're getting the media attention. You're getting the you're getting the uh, the promotional attention from the UFC. It's not a fairy tale thing. It means something. It means something to be champion. And uh, Nate, Nate, and Nate Diaz, Diaz is talking because he's trying to sell that fight, and that's why he says what he just said. But make no fucking bones about it. If Nate Diaz could be the lightweight champion, fucking right he would be. <laughs> yeah, but Nate Diaz fighting for the lightweight championship is less of a paycheck, even if he won it, than fighting in a non-title match right. against Conor he McGregor. He fell into a fucking pot of gold. Nate Diaz yeah. fucking fell off a cliff and landed at the end of a rainbow by a fucking miracle and found the one thing that's going to make him a fucking millionaire by luck or by his mouth, rather, and his fighting ability. He's not I'm not trying to take anything away from him as a fighter, but I'm just saying that that's he got the one in a million thing. It's almost never that you're going to make more money in a non-title fight than you are in a title fight. That's almost ne that's never the rule. That's the very much the exception. And so finding these but, finding these one off miracle uh, uh, um, super fight things is is much harder to do than to get a title fight and make money that way. So it's it's not one off. He's <laughs> fighting two fights in a row, yeah. and and I'm venturing to bet, even though the UFC is a private company and they're not releasing these numbers, that these two fights. Uh, individually, he's going to make more than a good percentage of the current UFC champions made in their last title defenses. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Like I said, he fell off a cliff. He landed in a fucking pot of gold. He just he 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 got the golden ticket. He won the lottery. Uh, all that jazz. He said just the right but things, just the right things to get the right amount of attention. Uh, and the 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 right the right things happened. People got injured, blah 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 blah, and he fell into this the first fight, which was huge, and then for whatever reason, the second fight is happening, and uh, even huger, or supposedly, Way huger. supposedly, we'll see if it happens. Uh, you know, what do you mean? We'll see if it happens. It's it's the. the the, I mean, anything could happen. You blow with an injury. It was already booked but, as the main event for UFC 200. It's been pulled once, so we'll see if okay, it happens. It, That's what that, I mean when I say a, it. It's not like a it's a particular. There's pretty particular circumstances uh, on that one. I think that uh, lessons have been learned, and uh, and this one is ago. They in fact just announced two days ago that part of International Fight Week, ironically, happening the same day as the. Fight Pass exclusive card of Dos Anjos versus Alvarez is going to be the McGregor Diaz press conference. They're going to have the open workouts for UFC 200. Not doing it uh, at the same time, right? No, no, it's going to be okay. earlier in the day. Okay. But I'm just saying the spotlight is once again 
taken away from Dos Anjos, who is still <laughs> fucking uh, poor dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But I'm just saying, listen, I, I agree with you that, that I don't think that title belts mean nothing, but I'm saying that there are money fights that are bigger than title fights in, in, in some ways. And I'm not trying to nitpick or argue about a fight that hasn't been announced yet in terms of the actual having Bisping fighting George St. Pierre. But I would say it would be a title fight because that is the, it's a champion. He, a guy who left the champion, one of the greatest of all time, that people recognize George St. Pierre fighting who will still be the current champion, Michael Bisping, provided that it happens within the next six months. And Bisping doesn't take a fight before then, which I don't think he will do. If he's going to wait for the big money fight. Oh, for he sure. To, oh, for he, sure. He's not, yeah, he's not fighting Belfour. He's not fighting Jacare. That's, the biggest, fight. fighting That's the biggest fight that Bisping could have. That's the biggest Absolutely. possible fight. That's bigger yeah. than a rematch with Anderson Silva. That's the biggest fight that Bisbing could have right now. So right. why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't I'm he? Saying, fight? You, and and I think the second biggest fight. fight uh, that's why I was like, of course, it's going to be a title fight. It's there's no way it wouldn't be unless say Pierre doesn't make weight, but that's not going to happen because you're gaining weight to get to get up there. Um, so anyway, that that's the, the craziness of the UFC title picture uh, is on display. The next three cards uh, I mentioned: Dos Anjos, Alvarez. The following day, it's the rematch for the women's strawweight championship: Yinjana, uh, Joanna Yinjinchik against Claudia Gadelia on the Friday, and then of course three title fights. The first time since UFC 33, which was kind of a disaster because all three title fights. Uh, went the distance. I believe that they ran over on time in the pay-per-view will be happening at UFC 200 in the, uh, interim flyweight, excuse me, interim featherweight championship between Alzo, Aldo, and, uh, and Frankie Edgar. And then you have the bantamweight between Misha Tate and Amanda Nunez. And of course the unification of the interim light heavyweight championship and the um, light heavyweight championship, Cormier Jones too. So there are five big title fights coming up. The next I have a feeling time, that's going to be a much more uh, a much more competitive fight than the first one. Yeah, uh, I do I too. Feel, I, I feel I think that Cormier has. Are you talking about Kadelia? No. Yeah. Well, that one. Uh, They're all rematches except for right. Tate Nunez. Right. So. Uh, I think. I mean. I, I'm not. I'm not giving my picks out yet, but I think Adelia's got a really good shot. Uh, I could definitely see her coming away with that title because uh, I think she's. Uh, I think she's worked hard and improved a lot. And that first fight was razor thin, and some might say she won it. Um, you know, I, I have to go, we talked about this on a podcast previously and I said it before, I'll say it again. I still need to go back and rewatch that fight. I haven't done it yet. I, but I do remember it being razor thin. Um, but I think, I think Cormier has, I think he's put in the work. I think he's much more confident now. I think that, uh, I think that mystique of Jones has been, um, some of the shine has come off of that. Um, I don't think he's because of the seemed, OSP fight. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think he didn't look great in the OSP fight. He didn't certainly didn't look like the John Bones of old. He didn't look like the world beater that he has always looked like. Um, it was a good fight, and he put on a good fight, but it didn't. It was not the super dominance that he's exhibited in so many other fights. And so that coupled with the fact that uh, we have a renewed Daniel Cormier who has been has nonstop training and fighting while Jones has been out. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a better fight than the first one. And the first one was a good fight. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for that fight. I'm excited okay, for all so of 200. You, I'm excited for that whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. What are we gonna do? We're gonna have to like. We're going to have to stagger some podcasts and put them out on the fight between fight days or, or right. something. But how would you rank the uh, – we don't have to make picks, but in terms of level of excitement, rank those five title fights. Where do you see it? I'll, I'll, do, I'll start it first uh, in terms of uh, most excited to, to least excited. Okay. Um, I would say – I'm most excited for Cormier Jones too. Uh, that should be the no-brainer. It's the main event of the biggest card, uh, possibly in UFC history. Uh, secondly, I, I'm very excited for the uh, Gedalia Yinjinchik rematch. I'm a fan of Yinjinchik. I think that you're right in terms of Cla- Claudia has improved quite a bunch, but so is Joanna. I mean, she just went through that. That five rounds war against uh, Valerie Letourneau, who was finished by Joanna Calder- Calderwood in this past UFC Ottawa, which we haven't even gotten into yet, by the way. But um, we'll, we'll touch on in, in a little bit. So I'm excited about that one next. Uh, then I would say Dos Anjos Alvarez, then Tate Nunez, and I'm least ex- for some reason I'm least excited for. Aldo Edgar, I think huh. that um, uh, it, it seems crazy, but their their first fight didn't necessarily blow my skirt up. I think Edgar will will take it fairly easily. I mean, his boxing, he looks great against Chad Mendez, who recently got popped for a USADA violation. That's another thing we haven't well, even well, broached. We don't know on. what it is yet. <laughs> nah, but he came out on Twitter and just said he didn't do his homework, so I'm thinking that it was supplement based perhaps yeah. so um but that could be two years and i mean he was already in no man's lands when it came to where does he stand in the featherweight division he's lost to aldo twice he's he's lost to mcgregor and he's lost to edgar and right. there are guys like max holloway who are on a nine fight winning streak where does he go it, and he's i feel like he's too big for bantamweight and he's way too small for lightweight so uh, Chad Mendez, maybe this two-year layoff will, you know, maybe he'll work on his hunting and fishing business or something. <laughs> Jesus, but uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's these are the harsh realities of of uh, mixed martial artists when you you can't hone your craft because you're physically suspended from it. But at at the same time, he was suspended by where do you go anyway? He, he was suspended mm. by the law of averages, the numbers. <laughs> Um, he's a great fighter too. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's just a cruel reality of the fight game. But um, 
Anyway, Aldo Edgar, all right, so give me your rankings. Uh, you uh, seem to so take it back. My first one would be the same. Jones Cormier too is I'm the most excited for. My second one is uh is is Aldo uh, um Aldo Edgar, Edgar. yeah. <laughs> so that's my uh, I I'm I'm ex- really excited to see that fight. Uh I think that's a um that could be a main event on a lot of different cards. Um so I'm excited uh, that's probably my second second most excited uh, Probably a lot of different Brazil cards because those are the only ones. Yeah. That uh, my won. third uh, would be uh, Gedalia Yanjacek. Uh My fourth would be Tate Nunez, and then my the one I'm least interested in is is Alvarez and uh, and Dos Anjos because I don't think that I don't think that Alvarez is in the same class. Uh, I, I I think. I think he's not ready for Dos Anjos. I could be proven wrong, but I think uh, I think Dos Anjos is going to make pretty handy work of Eddie Alvarez, and so that's the fight that I'm that I'm least interested in because I feel like it's the least competitive one. I mean, yeah, it could. I, I feel like we were both there to see Alvarez uh, defeat Pettis, and uh, granted, it wasn't an exciting fight. It was kind of a Grind up against the kid. He's a grinder of a fight, for sure. Uh, I think that he he's a smart fighter, Alvarez, at least. He's going to try to take away what makes Dos Anjos good, which is just his physical strength. He's so – he can hit you real hard. Um, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and he's going to try to take that away with, with American wrestling and – his dirty boxing, and I, and I feel like uh, we're not ready to, to break it down for the picks, but, I mean, that is the next card that's coming up, so I guess right. we could do a, a little bit of a long-distance preview, but uh, it's not until July 7th when that is. Uh, Thursday night card streaming exclusively on UFC Fight Pass, but... Uh, I'm gonna look at my, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look at my calendar for that weekend and see if I have... Uh, I don't got shit going on. I'm gonna be watching so much fucking TV. I don't have anything. Seven, eight, and nine, I have completely open. So we are gonna have some sort of a UFC meltdown. (laughs) Oh yeah, gonna have an MMA maniacs UFC meltdown. Um, I've got to wrap up pretty quickly here because I have a doctor's appointment okay. too. But uh, if you have anything that else that you'd like to touch on, let's uh, let's do that now. I can probably do another. Uh, I okay, I'll bring minutes, this up. So. Sure, we haven't even touched on UFC Ottawa, and, and that was um, a pretty good uh, night of fights. I know you haven't uh, had time to to break break it all down because of your illness, but fight of the night was Steve Bosse against Sean O'Connell. Basically, just a slobber knocker of a fist fight that the biggest surprise was that it went to a decision and uh it was a decision that that, pretty um, surprising (laughs) but it reminded me a lot of a fight that was that happened two day or one day before that that was the fedor emilenko return to russia against fabio maldonado in terms of those were two guys who were just punching each other in the face that that it, that fight was a as a travesty, and 
I was so fucking, I'm so glad that I was, uh, that I was sick and out in my garage when I was watching that fight because I was literally screaming at the television. Yeah. I was literally screaming at the ref, like, what in the fuck are you doing? Because Fedor was out cold. He was out cold, eyes rolled up in the back of his head, arms by his side with Maldonado on top of him, punching him in the face. And then he punched him a couple more times and woke him up again. That ref yeah. wasn't stopping the fight for anything. Uh, you know, I was listening to listening, right. I was listening to that, to the unfiltered. And that's what, that's what, uh, Dana White was saying. It was like the refs were going to just let him die, which is not, it, it was a fight for the referee's life. Corrupt Russia, mob run craziness there. The, the, the ref was giving him every opportunity. It was just like, Exactly. In Japan, if you're, exactly. The whole. You had, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no. Just it's it's crazy home cooking, but uh, Fabio Maldonado kind of punched himself out of it. And Fedor, even though he's on crazy legs, literally running away from him at some points, was able to get through. And at, at most, it should have been a draw. It's crazy. It that should have been. A, it judges, should have been a twenty-eight. The one judge got it right. The one judge got it right. He gave him a a ten-eight round, and then the next two he gave to Maldonado, which made it an even, which made it a a twenty-eight twenty-eight fight. Yeah. yeah, that's the only crazy guy that, that that was scored a ten nine, and it was actually a, a, a woman. But um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and then so. right, the two other judges gave a ten nine to Maldonado, and then gave a ten nine to uh, to Fedor the next two rounds, winning him the fight. But it should have been it should have been a draw. It should have been uh, that was definitely. If that's not a fucking ten eight round, what the fuck is a ten eight round? If you Seriously. can just beat a guy. Till he's unconscious, then beat him into consciousness again, and then beat on him again for another three minutes. How is that not a ten eight round? Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's just so basically you my know, question. It's just uh, listen. As far as the MMA game goes, pardon me, but fuck Russia. Fuck Russia. Absolutely. Fuck their fucking refs. Fuck their promoters. Fuck their announcers. Fuck every fuck everybody that has anything to do with mixed martial arts in Russia. They set the game back 15 years. If that's the, if that's what people are tuning into to watch, and they're seeing that fucking that guy, he's got brain damage. Say what you want yeah. about that fight. Uh, it was a great fight. Yeah, he's fucking slurring his words right now. I'm telling you. That guy got the yeah. shit beat out of him. His brains were knocked out on the fucking floor. And that's what pisses me off. That's what makes me angry. Fuck that it was yeah. a good fight. I don't want to fucking see that. I don't want to see that. I don't, uh, it, that doesn't, shit doesn't interest me at all. I'm interested in the sport of mixed martial arts. I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not interested in seeing people lose their facilities and lose their ability to keep track of fucking time. Because they get hit too many times, because the shithead fucking ref is on is is trying to make sure that that Fedor wins, giving him every every opportunity to make sure he wins. Fuck, I don't want to see him win. I want to see that fight stopped, and I want to see him to be able to continue being a a, a, a friend and a father and a husband and a. You know, whatever other adjective you want to put in front of the dude. Yeah, a 
functional human being. A, a, a functional being. human being. I, 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 that's much more interesting to me than making sure he has his hand raised at the end of the fight. Yeah. So I think you said it. Uh, you said it real well on Twitter. You wish he just never came back from retirement. And and so my big qu- and the question leading into this, unfortunately, was after this, which was his only fight under EFN under contract. Will he finally make it to the UFC? And he even said himself that his he was the closest he's ever been to a coming uh, uh, becoming a part of the UFC roster. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him fight ever again. And so that's basically. Uh, I just wanted to end the podcast with saying, what do you think is next for Fedor? And what do you think is next for Rory McDonald? Because on the complete opposite side of the coin, when you say you want to see good mixed martial arts, um, that is what the main event of UFC Auto was. It was Wonderboy Thompson against Rory McDonald. Really? Uh, Wonderboy yep. Wonder put on a show. I mean, it was well... Even though I think that Wonderboy soundly won every round, one judge somehow scored two rounds for McDonald. Uh, McDonald was good, but I don't know where he goes from here. He's got a problem with his nose, where you he's been broken so many times. Yeah, his nose is <laughs> fucking hamburger meat, man. Uh, he a- hit it with that uh, with the wheel kick, and he he barely hit it, and it, and it was shattered and broken again. He's broken mm. it in training, and now he's out of his UFC contract. I don't know if he goes to Bellator. I, I kind of don't want to see him go there, but. It's he's such a great fighter, but that is a. Well, I would really like that, to see him get somewhere where he could be at the top of the heap and be the champion. I think he could definitely do that in Bellator, hundred percent. I just don't. I just think that there's something that's keeping him from being the champion in the UFC, and it's him. Uh, you know, when he first when he when he when when he first burst on the scene and GSP was still the champion, I was like, this motherfucker could beat GSP. That's how I felt about him at the time. And I'm a huge GSP fan, but I was like, this dude is the fucking next big thing. And then it seems like his, uh, over the course of the last three or four years, he has gone from, he just had that just crazy killer instinct to playing a much safer game. And I know that, uh, I, I know that, that is a lot of Faraz Sahabi's game is being very smart about how you fight and really, um, you know, and it's a similar thing with Greg Jackson. They, they are, they, they, they create more cautious fighters, which is good for the fighters, but, uh, not necessarily good for the game. <laughs> um, so, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 part of me misses the 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 Schlabernacher fights, and I, I mean, and not not that I don't. I, I love watching a, a really technical fight. I really do. But I, when you see uh, when you see openings that are like that was it. That was the spot where you have to turn on the crazy. That's the spot where you have to go. All right, it's time to end this thing. And then you don't see guys doing that. And I see that a lot with, I see it a lot from, with guys from TriStar and a lot with the guys from Jackson Wink. Um, where they, they're just much, they play a much safer game. Um, for whatever, for whatever it is, it's a, you know, not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's what I've seen from, 
from both of those camps, a lot of. And so that's what I've noticed over the, the evolution of Rory McDonald is because he's become a much more cerebral fighter and a much more thoughtful fighter. And so in, in many respects, that's a very good thing. And in some respects, his killer instinct has waned some. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think, of, I, I still think that guy could be the best that there is, but I don't think with the, his, I don't know if it's his mindset or his training or what it is, but I don't think the, the way he's doing it now, it's going to work. Uh, yeah, I think, and he's I almost think a in less... Chad Mendez territory. You're right. In, in exactly. Terms of he's right. Lost, exactly. He's right. Where do you go? Where do you got? How, how many time? How many title fights can you get? How many? Uh, how many times can you fight for the first? For the first spot? For the title? For the first spot? Uh, how many times can yeah. you get knocked back to second or third uh, before you just go? All right, fuck this. I'm just hovering at second or third for my forever. You know? Yeah, and you've lost to the champ twice. He's lost. It's Joe. It's Joseph Benavidez, Mighty Mouse Johnson. Uh, right. He's the best g- guy, but he's lost to the champ uh, uh, twice. So there's no place for him there, and there, it, it could be there's no place for him in the UFC. And maybe he goes to Bellator maybe and makes some money and fights Andre Koreshnikov. I, I don't I, listen. I don't have fight. a problem yeah. with guys going to Bellator at all, and especially I I like seeing top ranked guys go over there. Uh, especially guys that are right there at the very edge of being the champion, but just can't can't complete that hurdle. You know, that's a, that's a, a, a so I'm I think that would be a great. I think he's more of a company man. I, I think he's probably not going anywhere. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. I wouldn't mind seeing him going to Bellator at all. I'd love to see them bolster their. Um, I'd like to see them be a little more competitive with the UFC. And even though it's with the UFC cast-offs, uh, and I, I like seeing, I like seeing people get that second life, um, get that second chance at the, the glory that's a championship. And maybe it's not the UFC championship, but it's a fucking championship belt nonetheless. Yeah. Um, Okay, one bonus question to leave it on. Speaking of which, because it's the opposite and doesn't always, it's very rare, even though Alvarez was a, a big Bellator signee back in the day to UFC, uh, former, the lightweight champion that never lost his belt, Will Brooks, is making his UFC debut against Ross Pearson as part of UFC 200 weekend. Hmm. Um, what do you see about that? Do you, do you think that if he, could he prove himself? Does he shoot right to the title picture with a victory? Um, uh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't think a, uh, a win over Ross Pearson puts anybody in title contention. What's where's, Ro- where's really, Ross Pearson? Yeah. Is he's uh, is he even in the top fifteen? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know where I don't know where Ross Pearson lies in the pantheon of the lightweight division. So, uh, uh, but I can't imagine he's in the top ten for sure. Um, oh no, I don't. I don't think so. And the lightweight division is killers, full of killers. Yeah, the lightweight saying, division it, is fucking stacked, man. So I don't. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a few fights. I think it's going to be the same kind of road that Alvarez took. To you know, he's this is what his. It's going to be his sixth, mm-hmm. sixth or seventh fight in the UFC. Uh, so I think yeah. he's gonna. I think he's gonna need those fights before he can get into. Uh, I think he's got to start from the bottom, just like everybody else. He's got some sort of a leg up because he was the champion at Bellator, but uh, 
it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game, and there's a whole this. It's the most stacked division in the UFC. So there's no, there's no win over Ross Pearson, and then unless your name's fucking GSP, and then you get a title fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no, uh, there's no win over Ross Pearson, and then straight to title contention. There's a win over Ross Pearson, and then there's a win over three, four, five other guys, and then maybe they'll talk about it. Yeah. And dominant yeah, wins it, at that. It, it, yeah. But it's so it's so interesting that you go from uh, the UFC to title shot in Bellator immediately. I mean, I guess if you're uh, Benson Henderson, he was a former champion, but uh, he's been kind of out of the picture for a little while. But the op- the river does not flow the, the same way from yeah, Bellator ben- to UFC. No, it doesn't. Not at all. I mean, if you look at if you ask the average mixed martial arts fan who Ben Henderson is and who Will Brooks is, you're going to get true infinitely more people who know who Ben Henderson is. So that's what that's what they're banking on is that name recognition and that sellability. Uh so it's all you know the U, it's the UFC's all a money game these days, man. It's all about what makes the yeah. most money and how, and I think mixed martial arts in general is is uh is is like that. Um you know, the, in the end, these companies have to make money if they want to stay afloat. And yep. they want to find the best ways to make the most money. So, especially if they're selling for four point six billion dollars, allegedly coming up mm, soon. Zufa, holy yeah. shit! It's so funny. But, listen, it's so funny to listen. To, like I listened to that to the podcast uh, to Unfiltered with Jim Norton and and uh, and Matt Sarah, and listening to <laughs> he. Dana White is such a shysty motherfucker, man. He's such an, no one can believe he's, what he such, says. he's such wow. an evasive, evasive, like, uh, you know, it's like, all right, okay, one, that's bullshit. What you just said is bullshit. And then the next six things you said, you didn't answer the question. You just evaded it by going, listen, if you're with me, you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. Yep. I, listen, I think I think that's I think that Joe Rogan knew about this long before because he started talking about leaving the UFC six months ago. He's like, I don't know, my contract's up in I think is up next month. He says uh, my contract's up in July, and who knows? I, I may or may not stick around. Uh, yeah. But I think he he knew that he knew that there was there were uh, there were talks of the sale, and I think his allegiance is to Dana White and his allegiance is the to the Fertitas, and I think if he if he feels like some other corporation comes in and they start telling him what he has to wear and has to say, he's like, nope, nope, I'm I'm out of here. See you later. That's one of the that's one of the fringe benefits of this job is I pretty much say whatever the fuck I want, pretty much do whatever the fuck I want. I can book whatever shows I want around the uh, around the uh, uh, the UFCs and the towns that I'm in. Uh, I can say whatever the fuck I want on the podcast. He said a lot of things that that were not in line with the with the he wasn't towing the party line a lot of times on his podcast. He said things that were not necessarily derogative towards the UFC, but he's questioned the Reebok deal a lot. He's uh he's said some things that uh and they give him free reign to do that. They haven't they haven't shut his uh they haven't put a uh, uh, any kind of censorship on him in that way, um, but I think he I think he had an idea that this might be happening, and and uh, if he if he feels like he's not able to do what he wants to do, see you later. Uh, 
He's got plenty of other shit happening. He's got plenty of other shit happening. He's got a whole comedy career right. that's killer. He, uh, you know, he's podcast. got the podcast that's going really well. He doesn't need to do this. He, he could stop doing everything right now, probably, and just live off his savings for the rest of his life. I'm sure he's worth something like fucking $30 million or something. So he's probably going to yeah. be all right. Um, Anyways, I gotta get going. I got a doctor's appointment. I gotta, I gotta. And I hope you'll be all right yeah. after your doctor's appointment. Yeah, this all one's right, a, this one's about my knee. We're gonna go see how my knee's doing. All right. All right. Well, knees, backs, uh, elbows, and arms. Knees, back, elbows, and arms. <laughs> pneumonia, pneumonia. Hey, doc. All right. Hey. One of the eight limbs. All right. Well, this has been the MMAniacs podcast. Please get in touch at MMAniacs Pod on uh, Instagram at MMAniacs. Oh, sorry. On Twitter at MMAX on Instagram, all that good shit. Tell your friends, share Stitcher. the video, share the links, Stitcher. Pod if you're listening, uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Like the fan page on Facebook, and uh, we will talk more of UFC International Fight Week as it gets closer. But as for now, we'll see you next time. Over and out. That's the end. Now read it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.